2018 You need to be seen It's time to come to the aid of America In 2018 Be part of the team It's time to come to the aid of America Go to the polls and cast your vote Welcome to Your Voting Guide by the League of Women Voters. This is Vivian Hart, and I will be your host on behalf of the League of Women Voters of Greater Tucson. The League is a nonpartisan organization, and we encourage citizens to be informed about and active in our government. We do not support any political party or candidate. Our goal with this program is to present unbiased information about candidates, the issues and our voting process relating to elections. Today is a very different day because I am going to be interviewed. This is our very last program in this series, and I'm going to be interviewed by League member Sue DeArmond about voter suppression and voter expansion. Some states are doing everything they can to suppress the vote and have as few people vote as possible, make it as difficult as possible to vote. Other states are expanding the vote, making it as easy as possible to vote. So you're going to be learning a lot about both of those today. Now, I do want to tell you that this is a moving target at all times because decisions are being made by courts and legislatures and changing every day. We pre-recorded this interview. And so what I said then was accurate as of that date. However, things may have shifted since then. Hi, this is Vivian Hart. I am the president-elect of the League of Women Voters, and I'm also on the Speakers Bureau. And one of the speeches that I give is about voting access. And this has to do with voter suppression as well as voter expansion. So today, I am being interviewed, and the person who's interviewing me is one of our long-term members, Sue DeArmond. Hello, Sue. Hello, Vivian. Good afternoon. I have a question for you. What is that? Uh, First of all, what is the position of the League of Women Voters on voting? You know, the League of Women Voters decides positions based on studying, and one of their earliest positions was that every citizen has the right to vote. They want to protect the right to vote of all citizens and encourage all citizens to vote. And the work that our league, the League of Women Voters of Greater Tucson does, all of our work is dependent on this one position because it's so important. It's our main focus. Tell us about the Voting Rights Act of 1965. This came about when African Americans were marching to Montgomery, Alabama to highlight the voting issues that were taking place for them. So black people in Alabama had to pay a poll tax. They had to take an extra verbal test that actually nobody could pass. And the thing is that these were given just to the black people in the state to keep them from voting. So their vote was really being suppressed. And so they were marching to Montgomery, the capital, to talk to their wonderful governor, George Wallace, to tell him 
about these problems with voting and to have him, hopefully, help them be able to vote. Well, they had to cross a bridge in Selma, Alabama. They had to cross the bridge in order to get to Montgomery. Well, the black people are on one side and police, both the state and county police, were on the other side on horseback. So the people start going across the bridge towards Montgomery and the police start beating them up and they're hitting them over the heads with batons and being really cruel to these people. And you can see the blood running. And at the time, this is 1965 that this was happening. This is in March of 1965. And people had black and white televisions, but that was good enough to see the damage that was being done to these people who were only walking in a, in a way that was peaceful, asking for their right to vote. And the country was up in arms. It was called Bloody Sunday. It has a name even. So a week and a half later, the Voting Rights Act was introduced into Congress. And it was passed shortly after that. And the most important part of that was Section 5 that required that states, if they were going to change their laws having to do with voting, making it harder for anybody to vote, especially a minority to vote, especially black people to vote, that they had to pre-clear any changes in their law with the Department of Justice. And what happened was, in, and that lasted for years until 2013, when the U.S. Supreme Court said, oh, we don't need that anymore. The states haven't needed that for a long time. Uh, we're sure that they're going to continue with the laws they have right now. And so they got rid of Section 5. And so since there was no consequence to changing their laws, guess what happened? About half the states that were covered by that within a few days or weeks or months changed their laws, making it hard again, suppressing the vote, making it difficult for, for minorities to vote. They didn't do it in the same way, and I'm going to talk in a little bit on the ways they do it, but they still are doing quite a few things to suppress the vote. So what the Supreme Court, and you know, I'm wondering, the Supreme Court evidently was inaccurate. So why haven't they gone back again and changed their ruling? You would think they would, but they haven't. But that's where we're at today. Okay. I know there are ways that uh, states have been using to suppress votes, and one of them uh, might be something that you could talk about. Requiring voter ID is one way. Can you tell us about this, and how does requiring a voter ID affect different groups in the country? Let me first of all give you a history of voter IDs. Okay. So in 1950, South Carolina was the very first state to re require a voter ID when people went to the polls, but there was no photo involved. 1970, Hawaii became the second state. 1971, Texas, the third state. 1977, Florida, the fourth state. 1980, Alaska, the fifth state. 2014 states in all, so it jumped in 2000. 
And then today, there are 33 states that require a voter ID when you go to the polls. Now, there's a number of different ways they do this. Some of them, some states don't require any ID. Some states, uh, they request a, an ID, but no photo is required. Other states, they request an ID, and a photo ID is required. So there are a number of ways to do this. So the states are different ways. And uh, so it's important to know in our state, in Arizona, it's a, a photo ID state. You have to have a photo on it, except unless you don't have, if you don't have that, there are different ways that you can, different things that you can bring to the polls like utility bills or um, sample ballot sample ballot, <laughs> yes. um, your uh, insurance, car insurance, mm -hmm. paperwork, things mm -hmm. like that that you can bring that show. You have to have two of them, not just one, like a photo ID, but two of them to show that that's the address you live at. So the reason for photo IDs, there's one main reason. It's to reduce voter fraud. That's the this when the states bring forth this new law, it's all because of voter fraud. The hordes of people who are committing voter fraud and because of that, changing the vote dramatically. But that's not true. That's actually inaccurate. So here are some studies that actually have been done to see about voter fraud. So uh, there was a study done by a professor at Loyola Loyola, that's a tongue twister, Loyola Law School, a gentleman named Justin Levitt. And he found, he looked at all the votes cast in American elections between, between 2000 and 2014. There were about a billion votes cast. There were a grand total of 31 known cases of impersonation fraud. 31 out of a billion. That's not very many. Not many. <laughs> In Kansas, a U.S. District Court found that between 1995 and 2013, that's 18 years, there were a grand total of three instances of non-citizens voting. Yeah. In Texas, between 2002 and 2015, there were 85 prosecutions for voter fraud, and in that time, 42 million votes were cast. And last, in Wisconsin, uh, a 2011 task force uh, found sufficient evidence to charge 20 people with fraudulent voting in the 2008 presidential election, and that's out of 3 million votes cast. 3 million votes, 20, were fraudulent. Mostly those were felons who were ineligible to vote. And that's actually most of the people who are, are prosecuted for voting incorrectly are felons. And so the thought that, well, we have to make sure that these few people don't commit voter fraud, and yet at the same time, great numbers of people are inconvenienced, and it's, it's difficult um, for some people to get their voter ID. And I tell you that because and in some states, you have to have a photo ID. So you have to go to the DMV to get that voter ID. It's either a driver's license or a state card. 
And it's like a poll tax. Remember, I was saying the poll tax that black people had to pay in many of the southern states. It's like a poll tax. You have to first pay to get your birth certificate. And some people don't even have birth certificates. Some people who were born 100 years ago or 90 years ago in rural America don't have birth certificates, believe it or not. That's true. And so they can't even get birth certificates. Or the place that had the birth certificates burned down. And so it's difficult for some people to get these. And it's difficult for them to get the money together to pay for them and to get a ride to the place. So there are uh, problems with this. In fact, the problems come up with there's a drop in minorities voting when a voter ID is required. African-Americans, Hispanics, Asian-Americans, their voting goes down as a percentage. White turnout is exactly the same. It doesn't matter in the states that have uh, voter ID requirements. White turnout's the same. Also, there's a drop in student voting. But let me tell you, um, uh, what I have seen is a study that show in general elections, Latino vote is down 13% in states that have voter IDs. Asian voters are down 11%. Black voters down 5%. So it affects hundreds of thousands of people just to make sure that 20 people don't do voter fraud. So that's the problem with voter IDs, and it does suppress the vote. Thank you, Vivian. I'm Sue DeArmond, and I'm interviewing Vivian Hart, who is the uh, member of the League of Women Voters. She's uh, president-elect here in uh, the Greater Tucson League of Women Voter um, organization. And I have another question for you, Vivian. What are the different ways states offer early voting? There are a number of ways that states have early voting. Now, Arizona, we can get on what's called the PEVL, the Permanent Early Voting List. You sign up once, you get your ballot at home every single election. And you don't have to have an excuse. Now, in some states, you actually have to have an excuse that you're going to be out of town or out of, uh, out of the, ballot, yeah, an yeah. absolute absentee <clears throat> ballot. You're going to be out of the country or whatever. Um, some have early voting. You can only vote in person at certain places. There's no mail-in ballots that you can only vote in person. Um, now, uh, what we are, what we do is we can vote by mail or in person in most elections. There are three states, actually, who have all of their elections by mail. There are no polling places. You can only vote by mail. That's Washington, the state of Washington, Oregon, and Colorado. And then there are a few states that have no early voting at all. So it's really different from state to state. It's state-controlled, I know, and uh, I know it's a little shocking to see states that don't have early voting and all the lines on the election day and how hard that is for many voters to have to wait a long time. Right, exactly. So, and I'm that suppresses the vote. That's right. If you're a parent <clears throat> and you've got two little kids at home, you can't be in the line for four hours. You have to go home and feed your kids. Right. And, you right. know, and, and, and say goodbye to the babysitter. You cannot <laughs> be expected to wait for hours. Right. So uh, what are the different um, uh, states doing to suppress the vote? I'm, uh, we talked about uh, the voter ID and um, long lines. Is there anything else that you 
can think of? Oh, yes. States are doing specific things. I want to tell you of the things recently that states have been doing. So Indiana uh, has cut early voting sites in Marion County. Now, that's an important uh, county because that's where Indianapolis is. And there's a large African-American population in um, in that particular county. So they have 700,000 registered voters. So they cut the early voting sites to one. One for 700,000 people. Now, if you talk about long lines. Uh, but in April, this past April, the federal court ruled that they must have at least two. Now, but the interesting thing is, in the suburban areas where there are mostly white people, oh, in those counties, they have several early voting sites. Mm -hmm. So they are specifically, the legislature specifically is doing everything they can to cut the African-American vote. Another state is Texas. Now, Texas, um, in, in this past June... In Texas, the Texas Supreme Court overturned a ruling that threw out congressional maps that used racial discrimination. So the, the population, the Latino population in Texas has grown so much, they should have had three more representatives. But the maps were made in such a way that the Latino vote was diluted, and so they didn't get those three more representatives. So a lower court threw out those maps and said you have to be able to have Latinos represented with more representatives. Well, last June, the Texas Supreme Court said, ah, oh, no, you don't have to do that. We're going to keep the maps just the way they are. So that's a way to suppress the Latino vote. Mm -hmm. Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin um, did everything they could to cut early voting on weekends. And this is when minorities would tend to vote more often. So they did everything they could to vote, to cut off the days that minorities would be voting. North Carolina is one of our stellar states of voter suppression. They have done everything in their power to suppress the, the African-American vote. And so what happened was that they eliminated the final Saturday of early voting because that was the favorite day of African-Americans to vote. So, of course, they eliminated that day. And now what they're doing is on the constitutional amendment. Let me start that over. And now what they're doing is on the ballot are two constitutional amendments for that state. One is to require a voter ID. And the other is to take power away from the governor in being in charge of the state board that controls the election procedures. Now, the reason why they're doing that is because the governor is of a different party than the legislature. So the legislature wants to take the power back that uh, they would be able to have the power over the state board that controls election procedures. Mm. As long as the governor was the same party as them, that was fine. But if the governor's of a different party, they want to d take that power away from the governor. They're, sn they're sneaky. <laughs> so they do all these things to really suppress the vote. That's their whole intention. 
The last state I'm going to talk about is Alabama. So uh, they, what they did was they closed down driver's licenses offices and polling places in the counties where it was majority African Americans living. And people just got very upset about that because they didn't close it down in the places where there were Caucasians living. They closed them down in the minority areas. And because people screamed and yelled, they did reopen a number of offices and they did increase the hours in uh, several of the uh, driver's license places and they opened up more polling places. But that's only because people screamed and yelled. (laughs) <laughs> Those are some of the examples. Oh, one last one is New Hampshire. Uh, New Hampshire and Florida, actually. They're doing everything to make it difficult for students to vote. And so what they're doing is they are requiring students to register their car in the state. This is New Hampshire. And to get a state driver's license or an ID. With Florida, there are no early voting sites on any college campuses or university hmm. campuses. And what's happening is the League of Women Voters of Florida and Florida State University are suing the state's top election officials to get early voting sites on the campuses in Florida. Very good. Okay, we have one more question. It's um, we'd like to find out some uh, uplifting information. And this question is voter expansion is also taking place in our country. What are some examples? Washington State has all mail-in ballots, which of course increases the number of people voting. And for the first time this year, I'm telling you about things that have happened this year. For the first time this year, the state will pay the postage. Now I know in Pima County, we're used to that. Yes. Yes, the the recorder's office, the state pays for it. Obvious thing. But they haven't done that in the past. And this is everybody gets their ballots by mail. Mm -hmm. And so the state is agreeing to pay the postage. They are now having same-day voter registration. So what that means is that someone on election day can go down to the recorder's office and register to vote and get their ballot right away. And that increases the number of people voting. They're also pre-registering young voters, 16 and 17 years old, so that when they turn 18, they can vote right away. That's a good policy. New Jersey uh, has now started automatic voter registration in their Department of Motor Vehicles. So that means when someone goes in and changes their address or gets uh, gets a new card um, to drive, they automatically, their their uh, Address is changed automatically. They're automatically signed up to vote. Now, they are asked if they really, really, really don't want to be registered to vote, they don't have to be. Right. They can turn it down. Mm-hmm. But it's automatically yes if they don't specifically turn it down. And I'd just like to put in a plug for Arizona and the uh, Department of uh, Motor Vehicle. When you're getting a new license, you are asked if you want to register to vote at that time. It's not automatic, but uh, it certainly is a topic that is discussed at the time that you're getting your license. It's an opt-in in in Arizona. Opt-in. In In New Jersey, it's opt-out. Right. You have to say you want to opt-out. Yeah. 
Now, in, in the law that passed, the Secretary of State can expand it to other state agencies. And that's really the best. When you go to any state agency, for any reason, you're automatically registered to vote. They also have started online voter registration. California now automatically pre-registers young voters. Automatically. They're automatically registered to vote. And in Utah, they have also instituted same-day voter registration. So all of these states are doing things to increase the vote. Now, Arizona is, has, it does have a voter ID law. We do have that in the state. Uh, we also have an interesting, a very interesting law that nobody, no one else in the whole United States has, and that is it's a felony to collect early ballots or to collect any ballots yeah. from for an organization Har to do yeah. that ballot harvesting ballot harvesting yeah. and this is this especially affects towns near the border and on reservations of native americans because sometimes they don't have reliable mail service so organizations have traditionally collected their ballots and taken them to uh, a reliable post office and that's now against the law and so uh, the Supreme Court is continuing to uphold that, that it's still against the law. So that is one place. We've also had some problems with long lines in Maricopa County in past elections. And this past primary, there were also long lines because the machinery didn't work right in right. some of them. So there are some problems with Arizona, too. But there isn't as much a an intention of really taking the vote away from people as it is in some. That's right. And because we have early ballots and it's easy to sign up for an early ballot and so many people vote by early ballot, our percentages of people are actually raising more and more and more. So the League of Women Voters does encourage every single person to register to vote. If you're over 18 and a citizen of the United States, please register to vote. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you have learned something about the situation about voting rights in our country at this time. You've been listening to me, Vivian Hart, being interviewed by League member Sue DeArmond. Having to do with voter suppression, and voter expansion throughout the United States. You've been listening to KXCI 91.3 FM. All episodes of this series are on kxci.org after they have been broadcast. This show is recorded and produced by Amanda Shogger. If you're interested in the League of Women Voters, you can learn more about our organization at our website, lwvgt.org. This is Vivian Hart. Thank you so much for listening today and for being an interested voter.